When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Dr. Sally from University of Houston. Today I'm discussing a, a very important topic uh, in the current times, which is the impact of pandemic on future of manufacturing. The impact of pandemic is probably the sharpest manufacturing and industrial production decline after World War II. There are uncertainties about supply chain disruptions and coupled with financial market fears for a recession. This all came at a time when manufacturers were facing economic challenges already. Uh, Some of them were exchange rates, volatility, high interest rates, and the quality of bank loans, etc. And with the current pandemic, the small and medium-sized enterprise have been hit pretty hard. Is the pandemic a wake-up call to the manufacturing sector? Bringing the much-talked-about Industry 4.0 technologies to the forefront for survival in the marketplace, which basically requires agile and flexible production systems and supply chains. Will 3D printing, the Internet of Things, IoT, advanced robotics, artificial intelligence, and big data bring the benefits of applying a digitization mindset to a physical business. All of this has been discussed for quite a while. Could the pandemic accelerate it? The need for remote interaction and asset management during the pandemic has already highlighted the requirement of advanced manufacturing technologies coupled with cloud-based services and probably the 5G solutions. The agility enabled by such technologies allows adapters to see the benefits of their investments as they have pivoted more quickly and smoothly during the disruption. Whosoever has it or had it, he leveraged it during the pandemic. And the examples of resilience and adaptability through advanced technologies may lead to a speedy adoption of advanced manufacturing technologies and processes as companies look to adjust to the emerging new situation. Global manufacturing must deploy underutilized assets what we have around the world today and adapt new ways to secure and build local, regional, national, and across-the-globe supply chain. It definitely needs to help in meeting current requirements while planning for an uncertain future. Why I say uncertain future? Because nobody knows in coming days, months, weeks, how the pandemic may impact or unleash the, the, the issues or maybe probable solutions in the coming times. Companies definitely are evaluating new technologies as different regions in the world uh, They have their own experience with pandemic, which has caused discontinuities in supply chains across the globe. It is not related to only one country. It's going across the globe because the supply chains are connected all across the globe. Most importantly, the manufacturing sector must support immediate healthcare needs. It needs to be seen 
how governments are allocating resources because they are a major player right now in creating infrastructures to support citizens and ensuring sharing of knowledge so that various industries can leverage it and support the medical industries. Can it be leveraged further across the industries? It will be very interesting to observe how manufacturers support their medical community and its effect on the supply chain shift, which can as it is be replicated for the whole manufacturing chain for all kind of products. To discuss this important subject today, I have Dr. Nickel Sally with me from University of Houston. Dr. Sally is a strategy and international business professor at CT Bar College of Business at University of Houston. He has an engineering and entrepreneurial background. He possesses unique practitioner and academic experience in North America and Asia. He specializes in competitive strategy, corporate strategy, strategic planning and execution new business and or new product and go-to-market strategy research include research surveys and data design collection analysis statistical modeling business and financial models and planning his other experiences also include strategy and international business professor at university of hong kong international business professor at Loyola University, New Orleans. He was also a consultant at World Bank and British Council. He has also been an entrepreneur with with two startups as well as he was also a currency trader. Welcome, Dr. Sally. Uh, Thank you, Mahesh. Good to uh, talk to you today. Yeah, Dr. Sally, I know uh, there's a lot happening around us with the pandemic. A uh, lot of discussions all over the place. Internet is a buzz. What's the future? Future of humanity, future of business, future of technologies. A lot of things are coming into play. But one thing which is very important for the business, for the community, for all of us is manufacturing. How do you make things? You know, so today's program, I, I wanted uh, you to share your thoughts with our listeners that what is the impact of pandemic and what could be the perceived future of manufacturing? What What is becoming visible now, the, the possible scenarios? It's very difficult to predict whether it's going to be situation A or situation B, but what are the various possibilities? So what do you see, Dr. Sally? Uh, thanks, Mahesh. You're right. This, uh, you know, we've been reading about and experiencing, uh, I think, unprecedented times. Uh, so I think before we jump into manufacturing, maybe we could have a little uh, talk about, you know, some of the trends that were kind of already in place, but probably after the pandemic, we're going to see more of them and some of these are going to accelerate. So I'll just maybe um, overview some of them, uh, which I think have been in place and might get accelerated. So I think one of the trends we see um uh, that has been in place is a lot of this, you know, mobile or internet based uh, retail and shopping uh, and even deliveries now uh, using drones and robots. Uh, so that's something that had just started. And you're right. You can't go to buy things nowadays because of lockdowns. And so if you can't go to buy, you can't pick it up. Right. So, you know, sometimes from the customer's perspective, we, we get an insight into manufacturing. So, you know, I thought we'll go through some of that. Uh, Again, you know, in keeping with the customer probably preference is we've got so much more just not only on the shopping part, but on the payment side of it, on the transactional side, 
uh, digital and contactless. Um, so that's something, uh, again, that we are seeing. And I think and that's a very valid point, Dr. Salih. My personal experience, been to a store just to pick up the groceries. I saw the guy was like at the checkout counter. He wanted me to do self-checkout. Just use your own okay. credit card. Don't give it to me. <laughs> And I don't want to yeah. give mine either. So yeah. <laughs> I think it works well for both of us. Yeah, I saw I saw people wearing a mask, including me, when we were at a store to pick up groceries. But that's sure. a very smart move, and the technology helping the touch points going away. Because if you're not wearing gloves, or even if you're wearing gloves, why do you transmit to each other? Exactly. So you know that's something else we've seen, and um, you know it, it's not we're being I, I don't know maybe we're being more uh, antisocial. But uh, it's certainly there. Uh, something else, I think even as you and I are talking, um, you know, fortunately, um, there's a lot more, I think, remote work or work from home, WFH, as it's become uh, happening across every industry. Now, I'm not, you know, we'll talk later about manufacturing and, you know, uh, to what extent that impacts, but definitely work from home uh, has, has taken off like never before. And going uh, going forward, it might become much more acceptable is the way, you know, things, things might evolve. Uh, so that's a big one, I think. Um, sort of related to that is the concept of training uh, and education, uh, whether personal or whether uh, in the workforce. Uh, almost every university and school uh, had to move online uh, really quickly. And now with the pandemic sort of uh, still with us, I think we'll see a lot more improvements uh, in online education and training. Uh, so that's another trend I think that we're going to continue to see going forward, uh, which could have implications for us, uh, even in manufacturing, uh, as we consider training the workforce. Um, other things we've seen are, you know, remote delivery of certain services, particularly healthcare, uh, which we may not have anticipated to the extent possible, uh, you know, and uh, that that can only be again a positive in terms of workforce safety, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Um, so that would be I'd say remote uh, uh, healthcare and accessing healthcare. Um, also, how we kind of uh, amuse ourselves or entertain ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It's new world. Yeah, you can't go to theaters now. At least we for some time. <laughs> yeah, so I think Netflix has been a great beneficiary of that, <laughs> which might be another topic altogether. But, you know, the whole entertainment industry, whether it's concerts, whether it's music, theater, uh, a lot more online, um, you know, in terms of uh, entertainment, how, do, how we deliver it, but how we consume it as well. Um, so a lot of things happening there. Uh, definitely uh, another area which I think is really huge and so much has already been talked about and written about is, you know, how the supply chain has been impacted and, uh, you know, what will be the uh, effect going forward? Because if anything, we've seen, uh, you know, that cost, as you mentioned, uh, and efficiency may not be the prime imperative um, in our supply chains. In, instead, we might see much more of resilience and uh, diversification. So we'll talk about that. Uh, as well, and the role of digital, most likely in in you know um, uh, optimizing those chains. Um, kind of related to that, and very specific now to I think manufacturing. Uh, we've had this 3D printing or additive manufacturing around for some time. A lot of times it was used sort of even for fun, 
but now I think we're going to see a lot more happening, um, you know, on the shop floor as such for 3D printing. So that would be another trend that has been in place, but I'm sure it's going to take off uh, even more so. Um, and then robotics and drones, we talked about that a little bit in terms of deliveries, but I think just the use of robotics and drones um, in our factories is going to be another big one uh, that we'll, we'll like Mm, because if they, if they can deliver the material at home, they can deliver the material at the machines also. You know, absolutely. <laughs> in the shop floor, the materials manager moving around in his cart and delivering material. Instead, you will see the drone taking off from a central store and delivering to the machine. Right. And, you know, we had already seen that, you know, in, in sort of uh, places like, uh, you know, logistics providers. So Amazon, right, in their warehouse, for example, we've seen that. Uh, but now becoming much more, uh, let's say, a mainstay or feature in in, in manufacturing plants uh, is something that I, I think we'd likely see. And I think the backbone of all of this really, uh, you know, the more data, the more robotics, the more automation is going to be, you know, the use of 5G, which has just been come in and being deployed. And in general, um, you know, information and communications technology, sensors, AI, uh you know, all of that will sort of come together uh, much more so uh, than than before. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, you know these these are kind of some of the trends that have been in place and probably are going to be accelerated as we go forward. Um, yeah, these so, are these are very well captured. I think uh, uh, these are the top trends, and, and definitely it looks like as you indicated. Use, use of drones, uh, use of uh, uh, technology for work from home, and uh, you know the the deliveries using these mechanism, touchless payment. Looks like the end result, not end result. I won't call the end result. One of the main impact of pandemic, uh, which uh, uh, predominantly to keep human beings safe, so because of uh, avoiding the right. touch point, which could be. Providing a carrier for some disease, it has accelerated or rather highlighted the use of technology. And in turn, the human beings have accepted it. So that barrier at times to shift in a futuristic technology, which is either gradual or painful or whatever it is, uh, people immediately accepted it because there's no other choice. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So. And that's cut across every industry, you know, whether you're old, whether you're young. <laughs> Whether you're in a old fashioned, you know, industry like like we'll talk about, I'm sure, manufacturing or whether you're in high tech, you know, th this is no longer a question of, uh, you know, if and when it, it's sort of here and now and how do we do it? Yeah, very well said, here and now. And you know, the earlier resistance, oh, uh, it takes time to learn this technology. Oh, I don't want to learn it. And that that option has been taken away from all of us because suddenly there is a new way of doing things, a new way of simple things like picking up your groceries, ordering your groceries, you know, how to behave socially. So the mindset in the human being changed in the whole race with one impact of pandemic and the acceptance of technology to somehow get to the basics has allowed the adaptation of technology to come come in very quickly. And, and we are seeing it in day-to-day -day life and... Uh, and definitely the net impact on the other side of physical movement as uh, the disruption in manufacturing and supply chain because of uh, keeping people safe. 
and you you cannot have them work together social distancing it has impacted us and it has consequences not only on society it has in business it has in the global economy we are all seeing it on all, all the governments are responding to it so dr sally what we're going to do is with this nice introduction we'll take a short break and we'll continue our discussion after the break When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having very fascinating discussions today with Dr. Sally on what is future of manufacturing we heard a lot about future of work future of many other things but if you look at it without manufacturing uh, I, i don't think the global economy will be as well supported as it is today so there somebody has to convert things from raw material to end product which you all use somebody has to convert that to a, to a piece of uh, um, iron ore a, into a, a car body or a component and an automobile which works So Dr Sally uh, you gave very good examples of the trends which have emerged immediately after the pandemic means how it is which clearly shows that how it is impacting the thought process and behavior of uh, first of all i would say human being how we transact how we do things uh, how do we operate how do we work and at at the same time it is going to impact the manufacturing also because it's also part of a bigger picture which is the economy so how do you see uh, it uh, unleashing for manufacturing right uh, yeah uh, thanks mahesh again this is such a i think important but really big big topic as well um so maybe we could uh, I, I, you know look at some of the short term implications uh since we are currently in this uh situation uh and then maybe we could uh discuss longer term uh, what are some of the impacts that we see which might be more long lasting uh so maybe on the short term i think uh you know as we had uh, maybe talked a little before we currently seeing i think three or four crises uh simultaneously uh playing out so one of these is a health crisis 
secondly, we've got, I think, uh, economic crisis. Uh, thirdly, we might even have uh, a geopolitical crisis. Uh, and, and you know, firms are kind of caught in the middle of all of this. Uh, so maybe on the short term, I think the immediate one that comes to mind would be dealing with the health crisis. Uh, and I think on that point, uh, I'd say, you know, the probably the number one imperative, especially for manufacturing, where unlike some other industries, a lot of us have been able to work from home, but manufacturing uh, seems to be much more people intensive. So I'd say protecting the health of their of workers to ensure the continuity of the business would probably be at this point the number one imperative uh, for anyone in the manufacturing industry. Um, That's because very true. With, very right true. without that, you know, we are pretty much nowhere. Uh, we can't simply automate our factories. Um, in a day, as we could, for example, you know, I'm in the education industry, you know, we were told within one week, okay, move all classes online. Uh, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was still doable. Now, I don't a, think we can do that. A, yeah. <laughs> right. That's a very, very valid point. Very important point you bring in. Because in some, some of these uh, uh, fields, you can immediately switch, as you very correctly said, that the classroom became virtual. Even teacher is not in the in the teaching room. He or she may be at home. The students may be sitting at home. But still, you can run education. And very great, very good example in right. manufacturing. How do you do it? You can do, do you can do engineering sitting at home. You can interact with the customer sitting at home uh, when you are in work from home. You can do project you can management. Sell. Yeah, yeah, you can solve, you can buy, you can do all this, but when you have to create a physical good where two or three or multiple people pieces has to be assembled and you do not have robots to do it, now we all know that the manufacturing world is still human dependent. There is robots all over the world, people are using it, but the population of robots versus human being managing the production doing by hand is very, very high. So without without people you cannot and absolutely as you rightly said you you can't replace every human being by robots you cannot get enough robots in that case right and maybe in the future as we discuss if we can but yeah. not here and now right so yeah. Yeah, so it. I think yeah so absolutely thank you uh, yeah those so I think that should be you know as we agree probably uh, one of the you know the most important uh, let's say attention. Uh, uh, areas uh, to uh, you know to focus on right now I so think the I, second what I think of, about sorry for yeah. interruption uh, Dr. Sally because it's such an important point uh, I, I, I really love the way you said that to ensure business continuity what you need is to employ, have employees so the number one role in manufacturing goes is to keep employees safe protect the employees who will then ensure the business continuity for you right it, does, it doesn't go the other way around that ensure business continuity and protect the employees. No, it's the other way around. You have to first keep them healthy, safe, so that they come to work. They ensure the business continuity and in the consequences also, or while they're working, you have to ensure they are being protected. So social distancing and anything which is needed to be done, because that is the precious asset right now which you have. Because even to run a machine, not every machine can be run remote. You need employees. And even if uh, if somebody has to program a CNC, can do it from home, can download if facilities are available. But to do physical production, to do physical activity, 
get the safe employee protected, then comes to work, gives business continuity, and to keep it continuous, you would again keep it protected forever. So that's number one. Great point. Thank you. No, Sorry, no, you were talking you. about second. No, no, absolutely. And since you brought it up, I, I'll probably just end up with, you know, they really are the essential workers now, using using what we've come to learn of, you know, uh, for, for business. So that might be a mindset change, you know, uh, that leadership might look at uh, later on. Uh, so, so yeah. So thank you. Uh, so I think the second one would really be also managing, you know, and we've heard so much about this. You know, uh, so it's the people, but also the supplies, you know, so critical part right now, as we've seen, is how unfortunately how un- unprepared or underprepared governments have been in terms of medical supplies. Um, but across the board now, supply chains have been disrupted and affected in a way that was never, I think, witnessed before, because, you know, we've had disasters. You know, as we know, we've had uh, natural disasters. We've had, uh, you know, physical such as uh, ex- nu- nuclear disasters, uh, which have disrupted supply chains. But a lot of these were localized. Uh, but this time, I think for the first time, we really had the whole world kind of shut down, uh, maybe a little bit in different stages, but pretty much within the, you know, span of what, January or February to, to now. So within three or four months, we've had the entire world disrupted. Um, and so that's, I think, a really big issue. Also, I'm sure you would agree and maybe expand on um, given your uh, experience in the industry that supply chain, how do we deal with immediate disruption and impacts to our supply chain? And how do we manage that and coordinate, especially for businesses nowadays, that have supply chains around the world. So I'd say it's the second big, big area to focus on. Now, that's a very valid point, Dr. Sally, because let me tell you, supply chains were established, supply chains established globally, things were running smooth, except the geopolitics, uh, which was disrupting a little bit uh, with tariffs and all between some of the countries, but still, the existence of supply chain, the existence of logistics to move the material was allowing the global production, global GDP to grow. But things were moving. And especially in a globalized world where you can order anything online and get from any other country also, there's no physical boundaries for online tra- uh, uh, buying and selling when you're, you're doing on the goods. It was working. So I would say that even the tariffs are not disrupting it. It was kind of putting some different kind of discipline in certain behaviors. Let me put it this way and, and says that's out of prerogative for this program, but supply chains are working. Now suddenly the global supply chains, which are there for no other reason, for the health reason get disrupted because there are not enough people to move it. And as you rightly said, the major uh, uh, disruption we saw was health crisis was the number one. Second was financial because the businesses were not operating. What do you do? People were out of job. Third was the demand crisis because demand is going down. So if you are not going to work, you are working from home. You don't need to fill your car gas every week. Maybe you need once in a month for the minimal travel you're having to the grocery store. Right. The fourth one was supply chain crisis. Even if I need material, demand side, there's no supply chain because the supplier wants to give you but he has to protect his employees. They're working from home, but you cannot assemble products from home. So now, these all, combination of all these four was was very problematic. Now, this, we are slightly, this is all behind us. But if you look at it, how do you reinstate those supply chains? And that's a very valid question. And, and the subject you broached here, 
to establish those supply chains short term, establish long term supply chains because now there is a fear factor. The second piece of that which I'm seeing is earlier we used to talk about JIT not having inventory of material. Right. What, what happens to that? Some of the guys who are succeeding today are who had the inventory can convert quickly when the supply chains are not able to respond. So you see some of the proven models of manufacturing, proven models of supply chain, you know, JIT, Toyota model, everything was there, material coming on time. Man, it's all gone. And some which were inefficient, were so-called so, uh, so called inefficient by lever- uh, having large inventory, they suddenly look very smart. <laughs> may not be the smartest but it looks like they 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 are able to deliver right now and and they can meet uh, uh, the demand whichever little is in the market and as it is coming back it is coming up because there's a lag between the demand coming up and supply chains to come into place there's a travel time the channels could be full so all of this has a lot of impact so the supply chain as you mentioned is a very very important part so there will be one short term solution which may have a cost impact. Right. Second is, how do these supply chains align uh, in future? So we'll, we'll, we'll keep discussing. I'll, I'll let you finish your points first. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there's so many, but I was just thinking, you know, I, I think maybe just picking up on that for the last one is really about, you know, uh, uh, as we said, you know, we're currently in this crisis. Uh, but, you know, between now and the future, there's still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, so I think even as companies, if we sort of, you know, uh, figure out how to manage the current crisis, we don't know what to do. I think in the interim, you know, between when this one ends and as we are planning for the long term shifts. So I'd say that, that, you know, what do we how do we take care of where we are now? while also uh, preparing to be, you know, resilient and preparing for the recovery that comes. So, yeah, I think maybe that's another area which is kind of around the corner, but not there yet. Uh, I got your point. For companies to focus on. I got your point because, you know, all important. So just to summarize three of them, the most important trend, there could be many others. The, 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 the sequence of importance may change basis, the continuous change which has happened in a lot of things in last three months. Maybe a vaccine comes, things will be totally different. Maybe it gets, uh, it needs some time for trial, very different mindset. Uh, to think about. So first is to protect the employees and uh, and ensure business continuity and to continue with the business continuity you have to keep protecting your employees, keep them safe. Second, the, the, you need to look at that uh, how resilient you are, how do you manage your supply chain, temp, short term, long term. Third is that what are the long term Im- impacts because of the uncertainty around it. Uh, what we're going to do is Dr. Sally, we'll continue our discussions after taking a short break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having uh, very intriguing discussions with Dr. Sally about the future of manufacturing as it is there were a lot of things happening as he indicated in earlier two segments additive manufacturing uh, which is basically 3d printing and many other things which are happening new technological trends which are coming in but now with pandemic everything has got accelerated so let's look at it uh, with dr sally in this segment that what are the future possibilities so, Dr. Sally, to me, it looks like I'm just trying to paint a situation, as you rightly said in the earlier segment, that we have to take some short-term actions uh, for yes. business continuity and how we uh, how we uh, get ready and how we keep feeding our business to decide the future or design and then decide and then implement our future. What's going to happen? So, right now... All the supply chains, global supply chains, are very diversified. You can get components from any corner of the world. You can get technology from anywhere. You can get uh, the the knowledge workers, which is contributing to, let's say, engineering and many other things uh, from very different countries and can assemble a product anywhere you want. And you can deliver it wherever you want. So, very intricate, but let's call them efficient supply chains you can never say the most efficient because we don't know what future holds for us there could be something new which comes in so over the last 20 years or so of this extreme globalization has done one good thing is it allowed people to be very thoughtful about supply chains and build newer supply chains Uh, and 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 the way whatever the issues they faced this they started doing it now, in the in the current scenario, we saw it. We saw that supply chains got disrupted in a major way, and uh, the the dependence on a lot of supply chains, what you call the just-in-time inventory, coming from different places, definitely got impacted. So, what's going to happen in future? So, how would manufacturing decide where to manufacture? how to align the supply chains. Okay, just a very wild thought on the one end. Let's say, for example, in printing business, in publishing nowadays, you can have an on-demand book. So you and I can be talking to a publisher anywhere in the world and they accept our book and they're doing it. But suppose in a country which is 10,000 miles away from where the publisher is sitting, there's a demand for two books. 
they have an arrangement there the software provides them the text of the book and it gets printed on the formatted paper as needed two books get printed two books get delivered i'm not talking about ebook here because ebook is an easy one i'm saying you can download sure. i'm saying a physical product because right. i just wanted to relate to manufacturing industry with right. some assembly happening or something like that so that's one way so would the manufacturing look like that that on demand printing you can say on demand manufacturing uh, we'll discuss about that what are the intricacies of it and and how the supply chain will be aligned because here it's not a paper which is available in the same a4 size wherever you want and you can right. print through the uh, uh through the software so that's one thought process so now next is would it move uh manufacturing to uh an integrated form where the multiple supply chains that can come together at one location itself so from raw material to finished product comes out of one integrated facility everything and that integrated facility could be close to the usage point or a mass usage point where it could be transported for shorter distances or something or would it be closest to the raw material point because a prime raw material is suppose available in a country a and the biggest market is country b and both are 10000 miles away again so would you instead of having multiple supply chains in country a where the raw, uh, major raw material is available you manufacture everything and just ship the finished product or you set up the integrated manufacturing facility closer to the usage point or to the market and move the raw material there and set the integrated facility i'm not saying that there are not possibilities beyond that for today's discussion I wanted to pick up these three and and have a discussion in some kind of thought process of what could be the possible scenarios because there could be as right. as you mentioned in the earlier segment that the pandemic has unfolded a lot of things on us and the most important thing unfolded on us is uncertainty we still don't know what is the total impact of it is on manufacturing so how to react to whatever we know till now now what it is going to unfold in next few months is like uh, gazing a crystal ball nobody knows so we can start thinking about it some thought process can be built but with a clear understanding it needs to change if the situation changes correct situation will change right, right. if if anything we know there's going to be change <laughs> perfect so, yeah <laughs> absolutely so yeah Sorry, go ahead. And, and I like how you put out the two, I think, extreme ends from, you know, one side being kind of disaggregated, uh, you know, at point of sale even, uh, versus the other end, which is completely integrated on, you know, source of supply, let's say. So, so yeah, and we'll, we'll probably have these two extremes, but there's so much in between as well. Uh, so yeah, look forward to our <laughs> discussion this section. Let's imagine, uh, let's paint the scenario that uh, let's pick up some products where iron is the raw material to start with. See, additive manufacturing which you talked about is phenomenal. In additive manufacturing, it can add the material to build something. It is not wasting anything. It is not cutting, chipping and then well, definitely you can use that as raw material. So earlier what you talked about that is one humongous possibility which is going to happen so the field of manufacturing the field of studies will change in manufacturing engineering from uh, additive manufacturing the processes then the material sciences because the materials have to be fed into it so that could be the model 
where raw material is moving to the usage point and driven by material sciences how to create that raw material so then raw material holders become the most important uh, segment owners but that can be sent anywhere and then you can use additive manufacturing at the usage point you can create it so let's say for example on the other side if I have to look uh, a raw material owner which is let's say for example is an iron ore mine Mm-hmm. Now, an iron ore mine has got a lot of raw material with them. Now, if we have to put an integrated facility there, it doesn't mean that you'll make just one product there. Even there, you can make multiple products. Would the future be, uh, let's look at this situation. Let's pick up some products which are close, uh, similar to each other. It could be an automobile. Let's see in automobile we create a situation, there's Ford, there's Chrysler, there are various manufacturers. The basic raw material, the majority of raw material is owned by, let's say a mine, I'm just picking up a number or, or a supplier A. Next to that comes an integrated uh, manufacturing complex. So the basic raw material comes in and material scientists are working there, they provide the material. And we are not doing any conventional right now, we can do conventional machining also. We do material sciences and 3D printing. All right. And in both, then there is an assembly process. Imagine in this situation, you can program from anywhere and make any car. You can download, it could be Ford, it could be Fiat, it could be any other make, make A to Z. You can download your configuration, you can download your bills of material, you can download your engineering drawings. So your material science uh, software will pick up the right material, feed through robots, and into uh, a 3D printing, additive manufacture. It builds the components, is churning out the components, robots are picking up, and they're assembling it. There's no human touch. It could be a situation. I don't know whether it's possible or not. And first 200 cars for that day, making for manufacturer A, and now suddenly in the queue, there's another 500 car order for manufacturer B in Europe. So that gets, uh, uh, that's already queued up. So the, the, again, the material supply chain moves like that, and this is all software driven. It looks like a sci-fi movie here, but that could be the case if, if you have the material scientists getting the raw material available for additive manufacturing. It can happen. Absolutely, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah I, I, we may not be that far away from this 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 future. I think, as you're right, a lot of fields kind of have to come together, and definitely. Uh, you know, we we already have the foundations uh, in terms of the materials and the uh, the printing technology. So that that could well be one scenario uh, that we might see in the future. Correct, and and that way, this is on the automotive side. So right. there could be an integrated facility which is leveraged by various manufacturers, and. And that integrated facility is giving them end product as per their specs. So there's a lot of flexibility in this manufacturing now. And it gives them a lot of resilience also because they're multiple manufacturers. They don't have to make their own industry asset heavy and not utilize it fully. Here, this integrated facility assets are fully utilized and there's a queuing. And what can happen is if, if, if the, uh, if the orders go down, let's say queuing is last, and, and and there is a long lead time available, you can slow down the process. Right. If you want to, and it is all software controlled, and it can decide when you can take which machinery for downtime. 
Because, see, at least the robots don't get tired. Like a human being doing the same thing again and again, your hand will get tired, even if you're tightening a knot. But in case a robo, but it'll need a regular maintenance, this decides the manufacturing as well as the maintenance cycle. And it can decide exactly a year in advance, look, looking at where I don't need to put any more orders. Whether you have a six-month uh, repair cycle or a one-year maintenance cycle, whatever it is. So those kind of options will make the system more efficient, the asset utilization much better, and more return on investment for everybody. So that's one way of looking at it. Now the other way of looking at it is, let's go to the industrial side. And in the industrial side, let's pick up, um, let's say rotating equipment. You know, because a lot of rotating equipment is needed, let's say for moving chemicals, you need pumps. Mm-hmm. And then to move the gases, you need compressors. It'll be air, it'll be gas. These are basic utilities which are needed in any industry. And the third one is you need, let's say, engines. And maybe we put it the the pre-EV solution and the whole world has gone EV. <laughs> you have still uh, the, the diesel and petrol engines or gas engines. So how would it look like? Because... It's same thing in cars when you make a car, you're tested. How do you make these equipment which may look different? Which may have even the different machining tolerance. It could have a different way of manufacturing by different manufacturers. Now again, let's say the raw material is again starting from, I'm going by basic. It could be something else. I don't know. So the guy is not at the usage point. He's at the end, uh, uh, other end where the raw material is coming. So there's an iron ore. And there's a mine and mining is happening. You keep doing it. Now suddenly, uh, all of... Now here here is a consolidation and collaboration in the industry. Suppose there are 10 compressor manufacturers, 10 pump manufacturers and 20 engine manufacturers. They are dumping these orders as per their spec into the same integrated facility which is closest to the raw material point. Specs go in, same thing happens. The allowing is happening as per you, what you decided. The whole thing is software controlled and IoT is in play. And then either the machining is happening of the components or it is going into additive manufacturing, comes out, there's common test bed. It's a common test bed for a pump, for a compressor, uh, for an engine. And the equipment which is needed to hold it, robots can put in place, hold it. And the test setup needed automatically gets connected. Because nowadays with the softwares and the 3D drawings, you can reach exactly where you want to do. Yes, some designs may change. So where in normal cases, suppose we need flanges or or weldings to connect things, there could be something new coming in, which I don't know what it is, but scientists can think think through it, the engineers can think through it. So if you you look at that kind of manufacturing, that being the one extreme end, that can be happening at the raw material source, but at the same time, if additive manufacturing is working so well, in that case, you can pull the whole integrated manufacturing to the usage point and supply through uh, material sciences the raw material of exact grade needed for additive manufacturing to build up instead of cutting chips and machining and all that. So all the options are opening in front of us. So Nikhil, uh, 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 what we will do is we'll take a short break and we'll continue Uh, with our thought process in the last segment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having very intriguing, fascinating, and awesome discussion on what's the future of manufacturing. So we looked at uh, how pandemic has impacted uh, the whole manufacturing. Uh, before that, we discuss what are the trends coming out in the industry, how people's behavior is changing, and how it may impact manufacturing, and what could be the future of manufacturing, painted several scenarios. So, Dr. Sally, uh, we looked at, uh, in the last segment, two extreme ends. One is like print-on-demand kind of books. Can we do uh, manufacturing on demand at the point of usage? Second was integrated manufacturing facilities impacted by material sciences, impacted by robots, and all that inclusive the other end. Should it be at the raw material point or should it be at the usage point, the integrated facilities? I wanted to capture your thoughts on it. What do you think? What's needed to, first of all, shift our mindset to think about it? And if we needed to do it, suppose that was the future, what would be needed from us? Right. Um, yeah, thanks, Mahesh. I think that's, uh, yeah, we we did really look at, uh, I think, two ends of the spectrum. Uh, and, and as you were describing, I was kind of thinking, you know, what's the parallel here or what's needed, um, especially as you mentioned in terms of mindset? Uh, I, I think what comes to my mind uh, is that, you know, this uh, up till now, we've talked about competitive advantage, you know, in terms of firms uh, owning, owning their resources and capabilities, especially proprietary technology and owning, let's say, manufacturing facilities and plants, uh, and a lot of advantage stemming from that. Uh, but in the new scenario that we just kind of described, it may be that there's a shift from ownership to maybe shared ownership. Uh, so this concept of sharing and collaborating uh, may become uh, more prevalent or may be needed uh, before we can really take advantages of, uh, you know, the the new kind of manufacturing, and I think from the in the consumer space we've seen that you know with we talk of the sharing economy uh, at the individual and personal level with uh, firms like Uber, firms like Airbnb, uh, you know, as exploiting or or even uh, forming this uh, sharing economy. So we might see that. Uh, as a trend uh, happening in the commercial and the industrial landscape as well, more of a sharing and collaboration. Uh, so I would think that is an area that uh, we would uh, 
maybe either see or we need to have some sort of a mindset shift before we can really take advantage of some of these technologies that are coming out. Uh, the second aspect to that maybe even instead of ownership or sharing is perhaps the concept of leasing uh, rather than owning uh, where it may turn out or pay, pay per use uh, as seen, you know, as shared, you know, the software as a service or, you know, pay per use uh, for using these facilities uh, depending on use. So, I, again, that could be another, uh, you know, option for bringing down the capital expenses. Uh, for a lot of firms and investments that we tend to make uh, in manufacturing. Uh, so I think that would be another one uh, to uh, to consider. And uh, what might be the impact then is something to be seen. Plus, I think the last one on that would be, um, I would still say we still have this, uh, you know, we might see more of localized, as you mentioned, these integrated centers still being localized or regionalized. Uh, within a particular region, because at the end of the day, even though we have the product, we still need to ship it. Uh, so we might have to look at those implications as well. So I'd say these would be maybe some of the three things to consider um, in this new uh, future of manufacturing. No, I think you're very right, uh, because that local or regional thing will still be needed because you want or you also want to minimize the distance from point of production to the point of usage it's always beneficial correct yeah and uh, and 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 when you see the impact of pandemic on the supply chains impact of pandemic on the logistics uh, it is raising a flag that where should you be manufacturing and you raise a very valid point which will force a lot of people to think about where should you be manufacturing. You cannot continue with what we have been doing in past. Yes, we could have invested a lot of money in creating assets at some locations, but they may have to be redistributed. We, people may have to think through that basis a new technological impact coming in, basis the pandemic, where do you want to manufacture? Exactly. And, you know, just, you know, in terms of transportation, you know, could be one of the big factors, because as we've seen, the airline industry has pretty much been grounded, uh, you know, because of the pandemic. Uh, but shipping, too, uh, you know, has been impacted because at the end of the day, uh, you know, ships go from port to port. But then how do you transport back the crew uh, if the airlines are, are not operating? So it may turn out at the end that, you know, we, we go back to rail and, uh, you know, uh, trucking as the main routes uh, for for transportation. And that's just so much easier when it's localized or, or you know, regional across uh, a common strip of land. So, again, these are some of the things I think that we need to think through uh, in the future of manufacturing. I, I totally agree with you because the logistics thing, it, it has changed totally. And, and this is a very valid point you bought in. And there will be lessons to be learned from that. How do you move your crew? And uh, since uh, airlines is grounded now, even for future, if you see a lot of people are planning to travel the distance that they used to travel by air, they feel much more safe in their own car. Exactly. <laughs> their own vehicle because they know in what condition it is, how sanitized it is. So the uncertainty of being exposed to something in a public place can be avoided by doing it. So I, I, I don't know if you can be 100% foolproof safety for everything, but at least you're minimizing the risk by doing it. 
and same thing may happen that that may not uh, create a lot of traffic for airlines so less flights so what, what do you do so ultimately with the rail and and road those traffics uh, will uh, will will have a positive impact on it so uh, uh dr sel you're coming to the last 2 3 minutes of our uh, program so i just wanted to summarize and take your final thoughts one is there is a lot of uncertainty in the market today about the future of manufacturing and ra- uh, rather what's happening around us how things will pan out so one has to be very flexible in the approach that how they want to lay out their manufacturing lines uh, or how they want to use their manufacturing location or whatever you call uh, and second is um, the important part that what one should do so what i heard you say was uh, which is very valid keep the employees safe health and safety is number one and then uh, focus on business continuity while keeping all the employees safe and 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 look at how do you manage your supply chains uh, in your current current manufacturing environment to keep going with the current requirement face the present because you still have to manufacture and ship the products third is be agile and be nimble and see and uh, do, your radar should be up and you should be scanning the horizon always for the next few weeks and months that what are the impacts of pandemic coming up and how it can be rolled into a possible plan to decide the future of manufacturing for you and uh, the next subject which we, we said you can say is a blue ocean strategy we looked at it <laughs> one way we can have is uh, like something like print on demand for books can it be make on demand second integrated the manufacturing complexes um, are shared by a lot of people by similar products or different products which which can be afforded uh, using uh, material scientists to provide material uh, and then uh, robotics and uh, uh then the third one using the additive manufacturing and creating that kind of possibilities and as you uh, indicated either you're owning the technology resource or you're sharing it you're leasing it doing all of it how do you make it more efficient either at the usage point or at the manufacturing point so these are the two extreme ends or the business models for manufacturing will evolve somewhere in between these this spectrum right right Absolutely and I think you know as we said you know uh, at the end you know uh, some of these things maybe we didn't discuss are going to add costs for sure and you know we may not be looking at the most efficient uh, but we would be looking maybe in terms of what's uh, in terms of availability and supply uh, but it could also be replaced by the opportunity for uh, customization in fact massive customization uh, at at levels that we have not seen before uh plus the fact that you know some of these even though they add costs there is opportunity for savings on the capital expenditure side of things uh so you know we may not necessarily be worse off but we'll definitely be different uh in the future I agree with you and Dr. Sally we are at the end of the program. So thank you so much for joining uh, uh the program today. Um, um, amazing uh, discussion. Really enjoyed talking to you about it. We'll continue our discussion in future programs. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you Mahesh. I really learned a lot and it was definitely I think an interesting discussion. I hope it's raised some good points. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you. You've 
been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week. Thank you.